0: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.
1: Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message.
2: If you're in expectation of what God's about to speak to you, can I get you to lift your hands in this building and online and put a worship in the atmosphere like you're expecting, like you're expecting. Come on, Wednesday. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Twitch come on Twitter, come on in the app, come on in the website like you are expecting. That's not the worship of somebody that's expecting. If you are expecting, if you are expecting, come on, somebody holler, and I am expecting something supernatural to happen for me tonight. I bet you if you praise him, he cancel your debt. I bet you if you praise him, he'd open a door The Bible makes it clear that your praise is a weapon And I need some of y'all to pop off some shots tonight I need some of y'all to release some some warfare tonight I need you to let the devil know what you meant for evil God's turning that thing for my good And something amazing is about to happen Go to three people in the building, fist bump them and say I'm expecting for you, I'm, I'm expecting for you online you put it in the chat I'm expecting for you I'm expecting for you hallelujah come on lift your Bibles let's make our confession of faith together let's make our confession of faith together just repeat after me say for God's glory this is my best year yet to the word I'm about to hear I believe I obey I manifest And that settles it. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now listen, 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 listen. I want you to make this statement. I want you to make this statement. Say your name. Say, I'm going to get what's mine. That would be cute if you just had a little bit to get. That'd be cute if you were just picking up one bag. That would be good if, if, if all you had was one victory. But for some of you, these next six months are going to pay you back for every ounce of hell, every tear you've shed, every loss you've had. Every I need you to open up your mouth saying, I'm going to get what's mine. Come on, Wednesday. God, dog, that thing is good to me. Saying, I'm going to get what's mine. Let's go to work. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So this series is Summer Songs. That's why you see all of these records behind me. And we've been seeing biblical principles in Summer Songs in this entire series so far. We've looked at a man named Saul. Everybody say Saul. Saul. We saw how Saul was invited to one cookout, which is a what? It is a weird situation that changed Saul's life for the better forever. And for some of you hear me, God's going to use a weird situation to change your life for the better forever. He'll let something not work the way it's supposed to work because he needed you to meet somebody at the store to get the situation fixed. He'll, he'll use a weird situation to get something done in your life. This is why I need you not to get an attitude when something doesn't go the right way. Why? Because if you'll keep your eyes open, you'll recognize God's going to use this, and he's going to use it for your glory. I know maybe they fired you. Don't even be mad. Say, thank you for the opportunity. Why? Because if I walk out of this right, I'll walk into my next. I need you to open up your mouth. Say, he's going to use a weird situation. A weird... He used a cookout in order to make a man king. He did not use a coronation ceremony. He did not use this uh, elaborate uh, 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 ceremonious situation to make this man king. He used a cookout. And for many of you, hear me, God's going to use something that you would not even expect or imagine to change your life for the better forever. I taught you how he became prophet and he became the first king. Not just the first king in his bloodline Wednesday, but watch me. The first king ever. And for many of you, watch me, here's your challenge is that what you're becoming, it doesn't exist in your family, it doesn't exist in your bloodline, it doesn't exist in your city, it doesn't exist in your region. Come on, it doesn't exist, watch me, in anywhere that you look. Matter of fact, you can't even find this on social media. You've been TikToking it, you've been Instagramming it, and you can't find what you're becoming because God has called you to be the first. And there is a pressure when you're a pioneer. When you're a pioneer, the pressure that you deal with is different than the pressure of walking in somebody else's footsteps. If you're walking in somebody else's footsteps, they've already made it clear what you're supposed to do next. When you're a pioneer, you're literally creating the manual that other people will follow. For some of you, can I tell you, your life has been the way it's been is because it's going to be a manual for other people. When you write your book, other people are going to say, how the hell? And I'm not cussing. Hell is a Greek word, Gehenna, which means trash. Out of all the trash you've been through, out of all the challenges you've been through, how did you make it? I need to make sure I'm in a room with some people in this on this Summer Wednesday that can testify. Watch me. I'm a survivor. I, When you look at the stuff that should have killed you, that should have taken you out, that should have made you lose your mind. Baby, if you ain't never seen a survivor, I just need you to look to your left or to your right. Because you're looking at a whole survivor. Should have committed suicide. Should have lost their mind. Should have thrown in the towel. Should have cussed everybody out and walked off the stage. But you are a survivor. Saul was the first. He became the first prophet. And he became the first king, not just in his family, but he became the first king of Israel. Then I taught you that after he's made king, there are some scoundrels. As Samuel is announcing that Saul is now the man of God, he's given his crown. He's given his scepter because he's about to rule. He's about to reign. Conquer and subdue when everybody should have been clapping for him and everybody was saying, long live the king, long live the king. The Bible says there were some scoundrels, some scallywags, some skeezers, some suckers that did not celebrate his victory. And I need you to learn how to have your own celebration. I need you to learn how to throw your own party. I need you to learn how to take yourself out to dinner. I need you to learn how to enjoy you so much that if other people don't enjoy you, you're not phased because you've learned to love yourself. I pray in these next six months you love you better than you've loved yourself ever. I pray you be so satisfied around yourself that when other people say I don't like you, you'll say, well, baby, that's your problem. That's not mine because I love me some me. He has to ignore the scoundrels. And hear me, if you are going to do everything God's created you to do, you're going to have to learn how to look at the haters but ignore the haters. You're going to have to learn how to look at the detractors and ignore them. You're going to have to look at the people who comment nasty little stuff on your post and and just delete them and not even engage them. Because sometimes what you're doing is you're elevating somebody. Mm. What do you mean? You're making somebody at your level, which means you make them your enemy when truthfully they were beneath you, which is why they had to pull you down. The only reason they needed to try to pull you down is because of an indication of their proximity to you in the first place. Which means, watch me, to engage you would lift you up to my level. And I need you to stop elevating people to your level and just look and say, baby, you ain't even, don't, don't come over here with that. You don't know Nam been the place that I've been. Yeah, yeah, listen. He ignores the scoundrels. And then what happens after that? Then God causes, then uses his anger or an emotion to take constructive action. And I began to teach you. there are certain emotions that you cannot shake. There are certain emotions that you cannot get over. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Saul. And watch me. He didn't start prophesying. He didn't start worshiping. He didn't start leaping and dancing and saying hallelujah. He didn't start speaking in tongues. The spirit of the Lord came upon him, YouTube. And what happened? He got angry. He got mad. And sometimes you're not going to do nothing until you're mad about it. Mm. Sometimes you're not going to do anything until you're angry about it. I need you to look at me. Sometimes you're not going to do anything until you're ticked off about it and you put another word right there for ticked. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and just say, thank God it got you angry.
1: Because
2: you never ever would have dropped them had they not pushed you to that point. I need to check this building and check online for the people that can say, you know what? The truth is, I know me, and unless I had been pushed to that point, I probably wouldn't have made the change. I probably wouldn't have done something different. Thank God for your anger, because sometimes he'll use your anger in order to cause you to take constructive action. Because Saul's nature, he was a really mild-mannered guy. Saul really wasn't an aggressive, alpha-style male. Saul, Saul was really a laid-back, you know, I'm just chilling, you know, come on, everybody, let's just chill, bro. You know, he was that type of dude. And God says, I don't need a chill bro attitude right now. Mm. I need a what's going on attitude. I don't need a laid-back type of attitude. I need an aggressive in-your-face type of attitude. And for some of you, watch what's about to happen in these next six months. Your attitude's about to shift. Watch me. You're about to go from a seat of passivity to a seat of passion. Mm. You're about to go from a seat, watch me, of apathy to aggressive. Why? Because you're about to make more money in your business in these next six months. I'll talk over here because I ain't going to... You're about to go after your family these next six months like you've never gone... you're about to get your spiritual and your emotional life on track like you've never, ever had it before. So God uses this emotion that he could not shake to pull him out of his comfort zone to make him take action. And he has a great military victory. But somebody hate say, but, but. buts can be good or bad. All right. when, when it's a God butt, it's a good butt. And the truth is, is then I like that butt. I, that's a good butt. <laughs> I like big butts, and I can't not lie. Them other bits of to deny. Listen, I'm just saying you truth. When it's a God butt. But then, but then there's this butt. And this is not a God butt. This is, this is not a God butt at all. This particular butt is, is after Saul has victory. Listen, he, he's stubborn. And he refuses to obey God's commandment. Why? Because he's grieving. What is he grieving? He's grieving an unsuccessful pursuit. Remember, the whole reason he got invited to the cookout in the first place was because he literally, his father had lost his donkeys. When his father lost his donkeys, he sent Saul, his son, and a servant to go find these donkeys, and he could not even find the donkeys. Imagine how much of a failure you feel like you can't even find some donkeys. If this was Fifth Sunday, I'd say it another way. But I won't but I won't say it that way. See me after church and I'll say imagine 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 the feeling of a failure. You, you ever you ever tried to do something that should have been easy for you and it and it was not successful. And then you 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 got an attitude not just with the situation, but with yourself like, what is this? He's grieving an unsuccessful pursuit. And what is grief? Grief is our automatic response to loss. You cannot control grief starting, but you can control grief ending. And for some of you, hear me, tonight is your last night grieving January, February, March, April, May, June, and the first 27 days of July. Because when we get into 28, baby, it's a 2 and a 8. And I... You're about to witness a new beginning. Somebody say, I don't have time to stay stuck in grief. I you don't have time to stay stuck, watch me, in the grief of an unsuccessful pursuit. Second thing he's grieving is he's grieving the insecurity of his pedigree. He tells Samuel, I come from a tribe called Benjamin. It's this small tribe, it's this small group of people, and my family's the most insignificant family. In the entire tribe of Benjamin, which means my pedigree, my background does not match my future. And here's what I need you not to do. I need you not to judge your future based on your past. Watch me or your present. Because if you judge your future based on your past or your present, you'll be thinking, well, I don't even know how that's going to happen. Watch me. It's not going to be a match because what you were prepared for, watch me, was something far bigger than what you've ever been through. Come here, David. I fought a lion. I fought a bear. I've never dealt with a lion. I've never dealt with a giant before. So what I've been prepared for, watch me, is much bigger than what I've been through. But he's insecure about his pedigree. He's insecure about his family. He's insecure about, look at me, you know in his business. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. L- let, me tell you, let me tell you what you could never let the enemy do. Never let him punk you about your past. Okay, I don't like some of y'all's sound right there. Because people try to say, you used to be this, you used to be that. And, and, and here's what I need you to do. I need you to say, and I did. But let the redeemed of the Lord. I don't like some of y'all right through here because y'all not saying that. When people try to throw your failures in your face and throw, you used to do this and you used to do that and we used to do this together. And I did, but let the redeemed of the Lord say, so what? I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Elbow somebody next to you and say, you've made some progress, you've made... And you don't get to use my past against me. Why? I'll tell them myself. You don't get to use my failures against me. I'll tell them myself. You don't get to use my present against me. I'll tell them myself. So when they try to throw it up, when you you used to sleep around. You just tell them, and I did. Is is that all you got? When they try to say, well, you got a criminal record, and you did. When they try to say, well, ain't nobody in your family ever done nothing. And you can say, you are right. And then I was born. <laughs> and when I was born, the curse breaker was born. The history maker was born. The line crosser was born. The boundary breaker was born. Wednesday, I need your faith to be on Tim tonight. Watch me. Because you're going to let the enemy know you'll never, ever use my past against me. Please open your mouth say, and my past is over. And I'm not ashamed about it. It made me who I am, and I'm glad about it, and I'm glad about it. You wouldn't be as wise as you are had you not had some crazy situations. You wouldn't be as spiritual you are as you hadn't had some crazy situations. You wouldn't love God like you do if you didn't have some crazy situations. I wish you'd be honest about the fact that in your past you doubted him and even tried to run from him, and that's what strengthened your relationship with him. Because a relationship that can't be tested is a relationship that can't be trusted. So I know that 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 I love him. Why? Because I had a day where I questioned his love for me. Y'all not gonna say nothing, but but it survived the test. He's grieving the insecurity of the pedigree that he comes from. He's grieving the insecurity of his past. He's like, well, what's going to happen when they find out that I'm from Benjamin? What's going to happen when they find out? Watch me. I don't know who needs to hear this. I just heard the Lord loud and clear. He says, as far as he's concerned, the records are sealed. If y'all will free me up, let me get prophetic tonight. Let me get prophetic tonight. What you were concerned was going to show up on the report. It will not be on the report. I, please let me be prophetic tonight. I just heard the Lord say, and I'm cleaning your background. while you're in church worshiping tonight in this building and online God says I'm in the computer system wiping your I'll try over here since y'all ain't gonna say nothing I'm in the computer system and what you thought was gonna be an issue God says they're gonna say well we don't find anything Uh oh I just heard God and your doctor's report's about to come clean too 1 Samuel 3, 19, and the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. Can you please just do this? Say, clean. He is grieving. He's grieving an unsuccessful pursuit, number one. Number two, he's grieving the insecurity of his pedigree. Number three, he's grieving his past. Number four, he's grieving sudden but good change. His whole life changed in three days. His father lost his donkeys, let's just say, on a Sunday. By Wednesday, he's invited to the cookout. And he would have been invited to the cookout because it was hot today. It was, it was really hot today. It was extra hot today. Even though the temperature didn't say it was as hot today. I said, listen, I'm going to start telling the weather because I can tell it. He's invited to the cookout on Wednesday. By Thursday morning, he has a crown and a scepter. I'll say it again because for some of you, watch me. Your life is about to change just that quick. <laughs> Wednesday, I promise you I ain't playing with you. I promise you I ain't playing. Listen, I didn't have too much happen today to come in here to play with you. I promise you I ain't playing with you. Some of you, your life is about to change just like that. I need you to put that in the atmosphere. Say, just like that. On Sunday, on Sunday, his father loses his donkeys. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he's like, I'm over it. He meets Saul on Wednesday. Saul says, come to the cookout. Come on, we got, we got this going to be a good cookout. We got the sweet baby race. <laughs> it's going to be a good cookout. He says, it's going to be a good cookout. He says, come on to the cookout. Uh, and he says, and then in the morning, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. A- within four days, he goes from being an insignificant nobody to being the one everybody sees. He goes from overlooked to overbooked he goes from no calls back to multiple offers on the table. He goes from back then, didn't know why they wanted him, but now that the Holy Ghost on him, everybody up on him. He goes from, watch me, all of the people that did him wrong said, look, he wasn't going to turn out to be nothing. And then everybody that did him wrong is trying to get a phone call and putting the pictures up. From Back in the day, they posted on Instagram, talking about, that's my boy Saul. He's grieving something that's good. But watch me, but it happened so quickly. He was not expecting it to happen so quickly. And for some of you, can I tell you what's crazy? Is you pray for sudden, and then when suddenly happens, you're like, Whoa, this is too fast. You pray for breakthrough, and then when you break through, you're like, wait a minute, let's just back up a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, is this really God? If you don't shut your mouth, you've been fasting for this, praying for this so in for this and now that you're here you got the nerve to grieve baby you better cancel the funeral because it's time for you to go get what's yours. it happens so fast it happens so fast how many can be honest that that when stuff happens too fast you kind of feel out of control you're like whoa wait a minute this is too much this is happening too fast and here's the danger when you try to control the speed, then you'll move at your speed, which is slow. Can I let you in on a circuit about the person sitting next to you, the person streaming with you? Is that, watch me, look at me, look at me. They like to talk about how they won't suddenly. But the truth is, they really like to put the brakes on God. Because the moment stuff starts happening, like, wait a minute, let's have a meeting. We don't need to meet. <laughs> Y'all not said that. Wait a minute, let's back up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Saul is grieving something that's sudden. But watch, and it's good, but he's grieving it because his whole life changes. He's got to leave the friends that he had. You can't hang around just Benjamites anymore. Watch me, you're going to have to be around diversity. You're used to just being around Benjamites. You're about to be around Judah. You're about to be around Naphtali. You're about to be around the other 12 tribes, the other 11 tribes. You're about to be around some other people. You're about to be around Levi. You thought you were spirits. I'm going to put you around the Levites, the priests. You're about to be around a diverse circle. Look at me. Your circle is about to change. Mm-mm. See, for some of you, your circle has been just you. And you're going to have to be okay being around people. You're going to have to be okay being around different people. You're going to have to be okay being around people of a different shape, a different background, a different pedigree, a different race, a different ethnicity, a different ethnic background. Somebody say my circle is changing. So he's got to leave his friends. He's got to leave his father's house. He's 30 years old when this happens. And, And that's what we could spend some time there, but we won't. He's 30 years old, the Bible doesn't directly say he lives with his father, but if he's going to find his father's donkeys, it would intimate that he does, which is abnormal for a 30-year-old Hebrew, Um, because that culture, um, that culture at age much younger, you were considered at the bar mitzvah, the age of the law, the age of accountability to the law, and so it's interesting because at age 30, he still got this deep connection to Kish, his father. And at age 30, the connection has to change. Yeah, yeah. Because, 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 Daddy, you sent me to go, go find your donkeys. Now, I run all the donkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all not going to send it to me. Y'all not going to send it to me. In other words, there's about to be some role reversals. Well, who was at the bottom is about to be on top. Who was the tail is about to be the head. Who was running to go get is about to send you to go get. He's got to change his environment. He's got to leave his father's house. He's got to wear different clothes. I mean, listen, you've been used to being a Benjamite. Nobody really saw you. You just rolled out of the bed, you know, and just kind of started your day. You had Denver spirit. You just rolled out and just started your day. And (laughs) you just, now you're the king, which means you can't come out have put together when people see you you represent the kingdom when people see you you represent something bigger than you and for some of y'all hear me hear me hear me hear me you are about to not just have the watch me the best experience of your life you're about to be the best version of yourself why because when you step out the house you represent something far bigger than you you represent the kingdom you dress different He's got to talk different. He's not used to being called sir, and now they're calling him sir. Everything is different. He's grieving good, but it is sudden- Change. And so what happens? He becomes stubborn. When you're grieving, one of the telltale signs that you're grieving is that you become stubborn without cause. And to be stubborn, pay attention, it's a determination not to change an attitude or a position on something in spite of good reasons to do so. And when you're stubborn, you literally become stagnant. You will stop movement. Say, Lord, don't let me be stagnant. stagnant. Say, Lord, don't let me be stubborn. See, you know you're stubborn. Watch me. If you refuse to do things and you don't even have legit reasons for why you're refusing to do it, you just got this one. Well, I'm grown. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. You're stubborn, boo, and your stubbornness is going to keep you stagnant. You got to learn how to be flexible because when you're flexible, that's where your favor is, which means I'm not used to doing that, but listen, let me give it a try. Watch me. Watch me. What if if your million dollar idea was based on you trying something that you weren't comfortable with? I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, you're going to have to give it a try give it a try I don't like their response somebody else say give it a try give it a try you have to try something you ain't used to you have to do something that you're not used to he's stubborn and there's nothing worse than somebody stubborn because stubborn people normally they have an odor not necessarily literally it is a spiritual aroma they you're stubborn because they're always complaining they're always negative. They always got something to say. They always want to start something. They always got an issue. They, and they have never have a resolution to the issue. They just got an issue. And when you're stubborn, it not only makes you stagnant, but it gives you an odor to God. Pay attention. It gives an odor to God that makes God say, I'd rather not deal with you. I'd rather deal with somebody that's flexible because I refuse to fight through your attitude. How many of you can be honest that you, you know somebody's stubborn? Back, you know, and how many times you just say to yourself, you know what, don't even call them. Don't even, don't even bring them in it. There's certain things you're like, don't even get in that project because it's just going to be too much extra. Don't, don't, don't even do that. It's just, it's just going to be too much. Watch me. When you're stubborn, watch me. You cause God to select another. And I don't know about you. Look, look, look I don't want God selecting anybody else for what I'm supposed to do. Somebody say, I'm going to get what's mine. I, whatever it is God's got for me, baby, I want it all. So when he's stubborn, watch me, he's stubborn because he's grieving. And mishandled grief ruins great. It'll keep you stuck on a stage. How many stages of grief acceptance are there? Five. Five is the biblical number of grace. It's the biblical number of favor. The number one stage, it is denial. You deny that the thing has happened. Number two, it is anger. You get mad that the thing has happened. Number three, it is bargaining. You try to make a deal with what's already happened as if you can change what's already been done. That's the craziness of grief is because grief will try to make you change something that you cannot change. It'll have you trying to fix a relationship. Watch me, that was broke before it started. Y'all ain't gonna sit down. It'll have you bargaining. And then the final stage of grief recovery is acceptance. It's when you recognize it is what it is. And I choose to move forward from it. Everybody, make peace with the first six months of this year and make peace with your life up to this point. Say, it is what it is. But I choose to move on. Say, I won't be stuck. Because on the other side of grief, there are some gifts. So in 1 Samuel 16, chapter 1, uh, chapter 16, verse number 1, the Bible says, the Lord said to Samuel. Who said it to him? The Lord. In other words, God got tired of Samuel grieving. Can I help everybody hear me today? At a certain point, God is like, okay, How much longer are we going to sit up and talk about this? And it's not because he's trying to minimize your pain or your trauma or what you've gone through. But he sees how your pain and your trauma and what you've gone through are minimizing you. So at a certain point, God is like, look, baby, we got to go. Come on. He tells Samuel, he says, how long are you going to grieve uh, uh, over Samuel, over Saul? Excuse me. Fill your horn with oil and I will send you to Jesse for I have provided. He says, listen, I need you to fill yourself up. I need you to fill yourself up. Listen, we got a prop change. I just got this today. Is, that's an amazing. Is that not the most amazing so far you've ever seen? just arrived today. Listen. Watch me. He says, fill your horn with oil. In other words, he says, I need you to be prepared because your next awaits you. I need you to be okay with the fact that I have deselected Saul. I'm not working with Saul. I'm not fooling with Saul. I love him, but I've selected another. Fill up your horn with oil and go. And where did he tell him to go? Jesse's house and what does Jesse mean in Hebrew the language of our Old Testament it means a gift from God check it out he says if you'll get over this grief I have some gifts for you in other words check this out Wednesday go get what's yours and you cannot go get what's yours if you stay in this place of grief I need you to open your mouth like there's some stuff wait let me tell you something let me tell you something, let me tell you something. This was, this was a gift that I just got today. All right, take this out. When they come into my office with boxes and bags, let me tell you what happens. I don't care what I'm doing. I flip it down. <laughs> I stop what I'm doing, and I stand there. because I'm like, what's that? <laughs> what is that? Oh, what? hurry up. And, then, you know, and they run into the closet to get scissors and stuff. Man, Rip it open. Come on now. Why? Because the moment I see that I have something waiting on me and anticipation builds in me that says you need to go get what's yours. Wednesday what if I told you every day for the rest of this year there are some gifts that are waiting on you. I want to see what your anticipation looks like. I There's a scholarship waiting on you. There's an opportunity waiting on you. There's a breakthrough waiting on you. Come on, Wednesday. Open your mouth. Say some gifts are waiting on me. And I'm going to get what's mine. Let's go. There there were literally, and I walked you through this on Sunday, I walked you through this on Sunday, in in Summer Breeze by the Isley Brothers, and in there, there's a line that says, sweet days of summer, the jasmine is in bloom, and jasmine means gifts from God, and so I used that song to connect to Jesse, so Jesse and jasmine both mean gifts from God, and the first gift uh, was another cookout, the gift's The gifts are chained to this individual because, watch me, the gifts belong to you, but only if you get out of this state of grief, stubbornness, and stubbornness. In other words, God says, if you're not flexible, you're going to miss what's yours. You may have to move your dates around, but you're, watch me, but you're going to get what's yours. You may have to change your flight, but you're going to have to get what's yours. You may have to do things differently than you originally. Stop being so inflexible. Because it's got to be your way. I rebuke the control freak. See how quiet it got? All the control freaks just got quiet. I I ain't no control freak. That proves you are the freak of the control we talking about. Lay your hand on yourself say, I rebuke the control freak in me. So, so the, fir- the first gift, the first gift was another cookout. Because what literally happens is that is that God says to Samuel, he says, go to Jesse's house. And he says, I want you to, I want you to have another cookout. I want, I want you to say that you're going to sacrifice before the Lord. So watch me. What is the first gift? It's another opportunity. What's the first gift? Watch me. It's another cookout. What is the first gift? The first one didn't go the way you wanted it to go. But the second one, I don't like your silence. The first one maybe didn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn out. Maybe that first relationship didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Maybe your first business was a failure. Maybe that first BFF was not a BFF. They were just F. What's me? Look, 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 look. look. The first one maybe didn't go the way you wanted to. So the first gift you get is another opportunity. Everybody look at me. God says, in these next six months, I'm going to give you another opportunity at something you thought you'd never be able to do, at something that did not go the way you wanted it to go. I need you in the building and online to worship God for two seconds for your second opportunity. Two. Say, and another one. Number two, number two, number two. God gives him a strategy. Say strategy. Samuel says to Saul, listen, what are we going to do? He's going to kill me if he finds out. That I'm trying to go anoint a new king. God says, Look, this is what you're gonna do. So now you get a, another opportunity, then you're gonna get a strategy. What is a strategy? A strategy is a, is a goal with plans and action steps. A goal with plans and action steps. See, a goal is not a strategy, a plan is not a strategy. A goal and a plan with action steps is a strategy. So, on Tuesday, I'm going to do this, and then do this, and then do this, and then do this. And on Wednesday, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And then my Thursday, I should have heard back from who I sent it out to on Tuesday, and then I'll do this, and I'll do this, and I'll do this. Listen, you're not going to live scattered in the next six months. You're not going to live scattered the rest of your life. You're about to have a strategy to what you do. Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. You're about to have a strategy to what you do people are going to say, how do you do what you do, baby? I got a strategy. Number three, third gift, third gift, third gift, third gift that he got was correction. So what happens is that when Samuel goes into whose house? Jesse's house. Jesse has seven sons that go before Samuel. And, and Samuel, look at me, he, he's kind of wore out. You know, he's kind of, you, you ever uh, been looking for something and, and then you so wore out from what you're looking for? You get to something that, look, I just get that. I just. Because I'm tired of going to stores. I'm tired of shopping. I'm tired of looking. For them. Samuel is kind of in that funk. He's kind of in that mode. So, so the first son of Jesse comes out. And he's like, this the one. It's him. Yep, he looks like a king, talks like a king. It's got to be Eliab. It's got to be him. And the Lord corrects him. He says, says this. He says, listen, you're looking at this, and you need to look at this. Come on. You're looking at the situation. You need to look in the situation. What does that mean practically? Because it preaches well, but I need you to live it out. What does that mean? There are certain things that from the outside, it doesn't make sense why you do it. But when you dig into it, it makes perfect sense because it's part of a strategic plan. And the strategic plan is part of another opportunity that I didn't think I was going to have again. Then, what's the fourth gift that he gets? He gets completion. Seven of Jesse's sons go before who? Samuel. How many? Seven. What does the biblical number of seven mean? Completion. So, the the fourth gift that he gets is that he literally is allowed to complete something. Let me make this real pragmatic for you and I. Is that one of the gifts that God will give you is the ability to complete something in you and around you. Because for some of you, here's, here's your faith struggle. Your faith struggle is that you have a lot of commas, no periods. How many can be honest that you great at starting things? Okay. How many? Okay. Okay. All right. Now, see, some of y'all are put your hand up because you think I'm going to say, and you don't finish them. No. You just, how many? You're great at starting things. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Hands down. How many you're great at starting things, and what you start, you don't always finish? All right. How many of you? Okay. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. In these next six. In these next six, oh, my God, in these next six, I prophesy that what you will have is a series of completions. If you start the degree program, you're going to walk that stage with that degree. If you start the application process, you're going to walk that thing through. If you start the, the permitting process for your business, you're going to walk that thing through. Say, and I will complete what I start. All right, here's the next go. Let's give creative questions. So after he goes through seven sons, let me have seven singers. All right, seven. Y'all count it out now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Y'all count it out. All right, now watch me. Um, seven singers. seven people. Seven kings. Seven kings. Would you hand me my ram's horn? Gracias. That's how you say thank you in Spanish. I need you to know. Amen. Hey, man, I'm still on this, too. But the Lord wants me on this, too, because it's witness. Listen, all right? I'm going to make it spiritual. I'm going to make it spiritual. First, God is like, nope. But I'm tired, God. Lord, I'm tired. It takes so long. Two, nothing. Three, nothing. Four, nothing. Five, nothing. Six, nothing. Seven, nothing. You know what Saul then, or Samuel then asked Jesse? He asked him a creative question. Because up front he said, bring all your sons in the house. So it doesn't even make sense to ask, are these all your sons? Because I asked you up front. That's like you meet somebody, you date somebody, you say you have any kids, and then you hear a kid crying in the background. You're like, "Now you told me you didn't have no kids. What's the wham wham in the background? You got a babysitting service? What is it? I'm trying to figure out. And your nieces and your nephews, I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's quiet in the building. <laughs> hey, say creative questions. Creative questions. You're going to be presented with this and you're going to think this is all there is. Jesus. And then the Holy Ghost is going to say, but ask him for this. Yeah. Yeah. Let me prophesy to three of you that are about to get six-figure <laughs> offers in the next seven days. You can play with me if you want to, you can jump in. Let me promise out a three, you're about to get 6 big offers in the next seven days. You, what they present you, you're going to say, is that it? And God's going to give you a creative question. And they're going to say, well, you know, we can actually do this for you, too. We can actually do this for you, too. I need you to just open your mouth and shout creative questions. Samuel asked this creative question. He says, are all of your sons here? Are all of your sons here? This doesn't even make sense to ask. For some of you, you're about to ask for what does it make sense. Sure. You're going to tell the bank, listen, is this the best rate you can give me? Yeah, sure. You're going to get a bishop form of spirit. That's the best you can do? Yeah. I'm going to need you to come with something better than that. I can get that anywhere. <laughs> do you know who my God is? Yeah. Do you know what I'm part of? You' gonna have to compete in that. Yes. Ask me creative questions. Say creative questions. creative questions. And then Jesse responds with an unusual response. Well, it's funny you asked.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have another son. He's out there keeping the sheep. I didn't invite him in the house. And the truth is, I use the reason that he's keeping the sheep. But if you read your Bible in 1 Samuel 17, you discover that there was another shepherd that could have kept the sheep. Which means I could have invited David in the house. The reason I didn't invite David is because truth be told, I like they mama. I can't stand that skeezer of David's mama. Y'all ain't going to say that. I can't stand her. That's why David says I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity because David is in a blended family where his brothers have different mothers. uh, uh, They have a different mother, and so this is the the dissension between them because Jesse doesn't really like David's mother, and because he doesn't like David's mother, it makes him treat David different. And so David gets, watch me, he gets excluded for reasons he can't control. I want to talk to some of y'all tonight where you've been the excluded one. I want to talk to some of y'all tonight where you've been the one that was treated differently than everybody else. Can I tell you, it's a good time to be you. It's a good time to be the one they looked over. It's a good time to be the one that has been excluded. Because you're exactly the one God is looking for. Where's they throw a one up in the air say, I'm the one he's looking for. We're almost done. We're almost there. Number six, persistence. Because then, then Samuel says, Samuel says, well, I'm not sitting down. None of us are sitting down. Watch me. I'm not sitting down. My entourage isn't sitting down, and his brothers aren't sitting down, which means I'm going to put everybody in position to see what I'm about to do for David. Now, we got a character change because up until this point in the series, I'm Samuel, you're Saul. But watch me. God has now said, I'm shifting and I'm moving into the sequel. I'm moving into the next. The first king was Saul. The second king is David. So now there's a character switch. Now you're David. God says, I'm about to anoint you in front of all of your brothers. I'm about to put you on in front of everybody that said you'd never be on the reason I didn't kill your enemy is because I want your enemy to see you. The reason I haven't let them stop is because I want them to see my hand on you. I just need you to lay your hand on your head, and say, "And the Lord is with me." We're about to go. We got to go. We got to go. He's persistent. He says, "Nobody, nobody can sit down until David is in the room." said, "Go get him." So, 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 what's me? They send for him. They send for him. Now, remember, we just had a character change. You're no longer Saul in this story. You're now. Watch me. Watch me. They sent for him. They sent for him. They sent for him. Come on, say, I'll be sent for. All expenses paid. They send for him. They send for him, and then David walks into the room. And when David walks into the room, watch me, watch me, there's a hidden solution. There's a hidden solution. Listen, seven sons go before Samuel to get to David, the eighth son. Now, why is that important? Because delay lets counterfeits pass. See, see, patience forces motives to reveal themselves. And sometimes God will create delays so that the counterfeits can pass. And you'll be saying, God, why are you delaying me? God says, because I just made them to make sure that you didn't include them. Yes, God, dog, y'all ain't saying nothing to me Wednesday. See, you needed to find out that was a fake friend. You needed to find out that was somebody you couldn't depend on. You needed to find out that was somebody you shouldn't trust him. You needed to find out. You needed to find that out. You need to find because David, when when I put you on, David, I don't want you giving them no government positions. When I put you on, David, I don't want you giving them no ambassadorships. Y'all not gonna say that. No. When I put you on, David, I want to make sure you don't give them a seat at the table because they didn't want to see you at the table anyhow. So I made a table for you in the presence of. runner. Let's go. Here we go. We're almost there. We're almost home run. We're almost home run. You doing okay in the building? Because I know you got to look at me. You ain't used to look at me. You got to look at me. You used to look behind me. You got to look at me. You got to look at me. You got to look at me. But we You good? having fun? having fun? All right. You look at me? You good? First Samuel then 16. Now we see where David is anointed. First Samuel 16 and 13. Samuel anointed David with the oil and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Who's David? You. We got a character change from that day on. Verse 14, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled Saul with depression and fear. In other words, the the spirit of the Lord said, listen, the anointing to be king has now left Saul and it's now on David. And Saul, here's what you're left with. You're left with depression and you are left with fear. And watch me and watch me. And, And the Bible says, and the Lord sent the spirit. Which means when you're stubborn, it explains, watch me, why you stay stuck. I need you to just push somebody next to you. Don't push them hard They say you will not leave stuck tonight. You, at home, you need to tag somebody. You will not get off of this stream stuck. If you're, watching, if you're listening to the podcast, you will not leave stuck. So listen, so listen, so listen, so listen. Um, verse 18 says, and one of the servants said to Saul, so Saul's servant see that he is dealing with this. And you'll notice that David's brothers are still in position. They've seen David be anointed. And I want you to understand why it seems like everybody watching you. I want you to understand why it seems like everybody's always picking. Y'all ain't going to say nothing? On you. Somebody say, all eyes on me. All eyes on me. I said, you ready? All right, look, 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 look. So they're trying to figure out, how do we get this thing off of Saul? Because he is moody. He is mad. He is depressed. He's fearful. He's tormented. They said, what are we going to do? Look at this, verse 18. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons. Somebody say his name was brought up. Why do I keep having you to say that? Because while you're sitting here saying, God, what's, what's happening, what's going on? God is going to put your name in somebody's mouth, and your name's about to be brought up. Say your first and last name. Say, and my name's about to be brought up. Come on, if you're a harvester, say Harvest Church, say, and our name's about to be brought up. Let me take a personal privilege. Bishop Kevin Foreman, Dr. Kevin Foreman, Kevin Foreman, PhD, that name's about to be brought up. One of the servants brought his name up, and look at what he said. He's a talented heart player. He's a talented heart player. Say talented. Now, David has spent all his time, look at me, by himself. For Some of you, here's here's what you've been trying to do. You've been trying to get in the crowd and dance with the crowd. You've been trying to get in the crowd. You've been trying to to do all this. And God is like, "Mm mm-mm. You don't get you. Where the honest people that will tell the truth, that even when you've tried to fit in with some folk, the where the he'll snap, if you don't get you, he'll act like one of them mamas in the south with them street lights. Then come on, you better get your back. He said, David been spending all of this time by yourself because you could never get along with them you've been spending all of this time by yourself but while you were by yourself David you became talented while you were by yourself David you became talented you became a talented heart player because when you were in isolation I had you in preparation <laughs>
0: When when nobody
2: stunned you, David, I had you in preparation. While nobody was caring about what your name was, I had you in preparation. I need you to open your mouth and say, I am prepared. I am prepared. Watch me. He's this talented heart player. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Then the servant said, not only is that boy talented, let me tell you what God's been having you to do up to this stage of your life. Perfect your talents. Somebody say, I'm good now. And I need you to say it like you from the deep south. Say, I'm good now. Can't nobody do how you do when you do what you do when you do what you do because you do what you do so good. Then he said, not only is he a talented heart player, but the Bible says he's a brave warrior. In other words, while you were in isolation, David, you, you learned how to not fight for the crowd. <laughs> You learn how to fight the lion and the bear that came against your father's sheep. You learn how to fight, watch me, and that fight came from the inside. That's why when people back you up against the wall, what they don't understand was that's the worst thing you could have done to me because the beast in me is about to... I need every person in this building and online that feels like you got a situation that's backed you against the wall to say I'm in the perfect place. Baby, because there's a beast on the inside of me that's about... It's a beast on the inside of me that's about to run. I need to hear your shout right there. Go. Whoa. You don't want none. You don't want none. It's a beast on the inside. It's a lion on the inside. David is from the tribe of Judah. The signature of Judah is a lion. All this time I've been in isolation. I became a brave warrior. So not only am I talented, say I'm talented, but I got a fight on the inside of me. You tell me no, I'll figure it out. You tell me it can't happen, I'll figure it out. You tell me wait, I'll figure it out. You walk away from me, I'll figure out how to do it by myself. I came to wake up the warrior on the inside of somebody tonight. Somebody shout, and I am a warrior. He's the next thing, he's the next thing, he's the next thing the servant says about him, he's a talented our prayer. he's a brave warrior, he's a man of war. which means David, stay right there. He's not scared to fight. He's a brave warrior, but he's a man of war. There's a difference. Bravery comes from the inside out. Being a man of war means I don't get mad because I have to fight. I want to talk to those of you who say, Bishop, all my life, but you won but you won you're supposed to be locked up in an insane asylum for the hell you've been through and overcome but you won you should have lost everything but you won but you won but you won He's a talented heart player. He's a brave warrior. He's a man of war. He has good judgment. Say good judgment. See, while David was in isolation, David had to learn how to problem solve. David had to learn how to make decisions. And for some of you, watch me. Watch me. For some of you, God literally had you in a place where if you made bad decisions, look at me, nobody would know. I'm going to talk over here because I can't get no help over here. He, He literally, he literally Facebook, he literally YouTube, had you in a place to where because you were in isolation back keeping your father's sheep and none of your brothers were studying you. Studying is a, is a, I was going to say Hebrew word. It's a southern word. That means paying you attention. David, you were learning how to problem solve and, and if you did put a little too much because it was just you. Nobody saw you fall. See, yes, you had some nights where you were ready to give up, but nobody knows. He protected you while you were learning how to have good judgment. He protected you while you were learning how to have good judgment. Here's the next thing he says. He says, and he's fine looking. Just look at, just look at your neighbor and say, you got it. Come on, speak life into him. Come on, come on, tell him, say, you got it. Now, just, just lay your hands on yourself. Tell yourself Facebook. Tell yourself YouTube. Tell yourself in the building. Say, you fine. Nice. Now, let me, now, let me explain the significance of this. Because, David, you're about to be king. And you, come on, Dave. You need to match what you're about to have. So, David, I need your body, yada, yada, to be together. And for some of you, in these next six months, you'll be at the peak and the zenith of your health. Speak this over your life. Say, and I'll be at my best health ever. Come on. Say, I'll be at my best strength ever. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I will be my best. Because, David, what you attracted before is not what you will attract now. So, so let's recap. He says he's talented, he's brave, he's a man at war, he has good judgment, he's fine looking, and the Lord is with him. The servant was like, Let me tell you the most important part. Because he got it, he can solve some problems, he'll fight. Ooh, but the Lord is with him. Now here's my question If David was in isolation, Wednesday, if you don't shout, I'm walking off the stage, I got to catch a plane in the morning to go to Atlanta and then I preach in Montgomery and then I come back. Now I may extend this trip if y'all don't shout right. You ready? If David's in isolation and nobody knows him and nobody knows his name, how in the world does the servant know? That David is talented, brave, a man of war, good. Because God brought his name up to somebody. Just like God's about to bring your name up to somebody. They didn't see you, but they're about to see you. They didn't know you, they're about to know you. They didn't see your footage, but they're about to. I wish you'd open your mouth, say, and my name's about to be brought up. How you see all of this? How you know all of this? I've been in isolation. He wasn't posting on Instagram while he was in the backyard playing? Right. Somebody gonna wake up and say Covetta. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Somebody gonna wake up and they gonna say they gonna say Sean. Somebody gonna wake up and they gonna say Brandy. Somebody gonna wake up and your name is gonna be on their mind. And they trying to figure out who is this person. They gonna have to look you up on Instagram. They gonna have to look you up on LinkedIn. They gonna have to look you up. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Say his name was brought up. David got ready, y'all. We almost there. When nobody was looking. And when nobody was looking, God went and whispered. Well, nobody was looking. Come here. And says, Listen, uh, I'm about to do something to Saul. And I'm going to do this to Saul because I need to deal with Saul's stubbornness. But really, I'm creating an opportunity for David. So I'll inflict pain on one to create purpose for another. I'll shut one down so I can open up for another. What if I told you, you sit next to the one that he's about to open it up for? He says, David, David. He's Jesse's son. David. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Now go back to sleep. Man wakes up. David. Bethlehem. Jesse's, Jesse's son. Well, how do you know him? I know He's a brave warrior. He's a man of war. He's, 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 he's he good looking. And the Lord is with him. Can I go deep Wednesday? Because this is Wednesday. Can I go a little deep? It's so intricate that God brought this up for David. It's because after David kills Goliath in chapter 17, do you know what Saul says to Abner, one of his servants? Who's that? Ninja, I've been playing for you. Somebody say, this is spiritual. What happens for you next is going to be so spiritual, it's going to be spooky. It's going to be like, this is weird. And guess what? It's a weird year. Got to go. Thank you. Y'all doing real good. David's. No, no, no. say say there. No, I'm just saying y'all doing good. I know it's hot up here. You probably lost another 12 pounds. These lights. You ready? You ready? You ready? Y'all ready? Verse 21. So David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul says, go get him. David goes to Saul, and David begins to serve him. Listen to me. His serving set him up. Say, my serving is setting me up. I want to encourage every person that does not serve in Harvest, whether you're in this building or you're online, to begin to serve. Because your serving in God's house is going to make sure God takes care of your house. Can I go deeper? What is serving? It's what you do with no pay. There are certain things that you do with no pay that God says, I need you to serve. Don't get a check because if you get a check, that's your reward. And if, that's, and if you get the check, that becomes the totality of your reward. But if you sow it because you serve it, the reward is going to be greater for you. So don't feel taken advantage of because I should have charged him for that. No, you shouldn't have. You should have sold it. You should have served. You didn't lose anything. You put some seed in the ground. You got three more elbows of your neighbor. Just elbow them and say, you didn't lose it. You sold it. So now we're in 1 Samuel 17 and 25 where Goliath's about to go down. We're done, Wednesday. Are you okay? It says the king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. Who's the him? Goliath. And then when David shows up to the battlefield, guess who gives him trouble? His brothers. That's why they're still here. David's like, "Is for real? Is the one that takes down... See, the reward was, if you kill Goliath, Saul was going to give you no taxes, which means you were about to have a financial increase. Because you weren't going to have no FICA, Social Security, Medicare, wasn't no federal or state, you weren't going to have no tax. And he said, and he's going to give you one of his daughters, which means your relationships were about to increase and your finances were about to increase. Bible, Bible refers to the New Living Translation as a huge reward. It's a huge reward. reward. David goes down and says, is that true? His brother sees him and says, what are you doing down here? What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? What did they try to do? They tried to minimize him and his assignment. Just like you have some people now that are trying to minimize you and minimize your assignment. You got your little business. You got your little this. You got your. Li- what about them few sheep you got over there? You're supposed to be over there with them sheep. You know what I love about David? Is that David, David, what does he do? We learned this from song. You know what David does? David says, anyway, I need you to practice with that person next to you. Don't be offended when they do it online. If you're watching what somebody do with somebody else, just put your hand, not, not, now listen, don't start nothing. Don't touch their face. Matter of fact, keep it closer to you. Just put your hand up and say, anyway. Anyway. Watch me. You're going to need that type of attitude. When people are saying, well, you know, what you trying to do? Anyway, David was like, I'm just asking a question. I know you're prideful, David. I know you're prideful. I'm the one keeping the sheep. Well, y'all running out here pretending like you about to fight. Because ain't none one of y'all ran out here to fight. You ready? We're Almost there. We're almost there. Say, I will not be minimized. Say, I'm everything God says I am. We're at the end. So then he runs up to Saul. Now, mind you, he's been playing harp for Saul. And when he plays, this, the evil spirit leaves he runs up on Saul, and he's like, Saul, king, okay. Don't worry about it. I got him. David, you're a musician. David, David, you're just a single mom. I'll come down your row. David, you, you, you only have your high school diploma. David, you, 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 you only have this much money. David you only have this limitation he, 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 he's like David listen <laughs> okay this is really nice this is verse 33 of 1 Samuel 17 don't be ridiculous Saul replied there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win you're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth but evidently you don't know my resume cause he ain't the only man of war out here Go talk to me. Because I'm a man of war, too. Here's where Saul messed up. Say, where he messed up, Bishop? We got to go Wednesday. He messed up right here when he said, there's no way you can possibly fight him and win. Because with man, it may look impossible. But with God, I'll let you finish. You never should have used the word possible. Because now you just invited God to show up. Come on, y'all. Please lift your hands and worship and say, it's possible. 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 Listen, listen, listen. He says, he says, there's no way this is going to happen. But the God you and I believe in is the God of the underdog. Last two verses and we out. Verse 37 says this, 1 Samuel 17, it's there. Here's what David said to Saul. His brothers are watching him do this. Because you need to stop wanting to control the environment. What do you mean by that? You don't get to control who sees this, that, that, and the other. There's some narratives you're just going to have to say, they're going to think what they're going to think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A little emoji. That's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't even do it. is very uncomfortable. And you know what David said? Saul was like, there's no way this is possible. You know what David said with his brothers watching? And then come on up, you'll be you'll be Saul. you'll be the first six months of the year. David is the second king. He's the sequel. He's the next. You know what he tells Saul? He says, uh, says, king, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, he's going to rescue me from this mark over here. You missed it. You missed it. Say, I have to say something. See, if you go, watch me. Samuel was sent to go get what was his. And now David is sent to go get what's his. Samuel was sent to get what was his. And now David has to go get what's his. You're not listening to me. Samuel was sent to get what's his. But now David has to go and get what's his.
0: Listen,
2: listen, you listening? You sure? Saul is like, this is not possible. You know what David does? David says, well, let me run back my resume. Let me run back my story. When I was in isolation by myself, because I couldn't fit in with them and I was in preparation for 17 years. 16 years. It's Between 16 and 17 when this is happening. That's why Saul calls him a boy. He's between 16 and 17. I'll say it again. He's between 16 and 17. That's for me. This is while I was back there getting prepared. When a lion came up, the Lord rescued me from the lion. Look, like it's all like, oh, did he? And then one time at band camp. Not a bad cat. Then one time, a bear came. It was like, raw. Big old bears, you know? One time, this bear came. Bear was like, ah. I was like, nah. And the Lord rescued me from the bear. You're not listening. All you got to do. Is think of the goodness. One writer says it like this This I recall to my mind. (laughs) Y'all ain't gonna talk. All you gotta do is think back on what God has brought you through. And when you're looking at what's ahead of you, you can say, "I I beat that, 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 I beat that. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? They have defied the armies of the living God. Come on, give me a little bit. Come on. All right, come on. I meant like a teenager, but come on, that'll work. Come on. <laughs> no, you're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. So this is Goliath. Goliath was between six point seven five and nine point seven five feet tall. Say, so that's a big dude. King is scared. The king is fearful. The Israelites are fearful. The Israelites are scared. But he said, Go and the Lord be with you. Now here's the thing. He was like, put my armor on. What does Saul represent? The previous you. Try to do this the way you used to do it. <laughs> when's that? when's that? Try to do it the way you did it before. David put that on. And when David put that on, David was like, this doesn't work. Th- this, is, this, this is, I have to take this stuff off. He takes, he takes it off. And David is like, all I need is five smooth stones. And I ain't gonna need all five. And my slingshot. In other words, while y'all thought I was playing back there, I was figuring out creative ways to win. I was figuring out creative ways to win. While you thought I was just playing around on TikTok, I was figuring out how to break the code. I was Y'all not saying nothing to me. I was figuring out creative ways how to win. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So David saw... Or, Goliath comes towards him, and he's a warrior, so Goliath's like, "Ah." David runs out. David is like, look. Goliath looks at David. Goliath says, what is this? You send a boy to fight me? Goliath was like, I'm a whole grown man. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Look me, Look at me, please. Look at me, please. Look at me, please the deck is stacked against you on purpose. I said, the deck is stacked against you on purpose. Because it's going to be a little guy taking down. It's going to be a Netflix and blockbuster situation. Oh, because Netflix, Netflix approached Blockbuster at one point and said, would you acquire us? Reed Hastings, that CEO, all of that. When Netflix was still sending DVDs and stuff in the mail and Netflix was this small little company and Blockbuster said, we are Blockbuster. We've been here for years and we know how to bust the Block down. We are Block and the Buster. You're nothing. They could have purchased it. I believe the amount was $40 million. Blockbuster said, mm-mm. You seen Blockbuster lately? Some of my millennials, you don't even know what Blockbuster is. Blockbuster is a store. We used to have to go to the store on Friday nights. No, let me teach you. You used to have to go to the store on Friday nights to get the movies you wanted. And the grown people got a movie, and the kids got a movie. And then, if you had been good, you got a game, too. But you had to do right. And you couldn't get the popcorn at Blockbuster because it was overpriced. And so your mom and daddy would say, no, put that down. We're going to go to the store and get that. And you know they weren't going to stop at the store to get it for you. You try to throw the raisin, that say, and they say, put that back. You used to get a Blockbuster car. And you check out your movies. And then you'd go home and make it a blackbuster night. And you would, the, the, you used to call them VCRs, video cassette recorder. So you'd push it in and you'd hit play. And if you were in not in the right place, you had to push fast forward. And there was two types of fast forward. There was the fast forward where you hit it twice and it just went but you couldn't see the picture but you didn't know where you were. Then there was the one push of the fast forward where you could see the image, but it went too slow. I sense some of y'all still have VCRs in the room. I sense, I sense it. I, I feel that in the spirit. Oh my God, I knew it. I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> she said, she proud too. She said, I got the VHS. Listen, listen. You seem overwhelmed on purpose. You seem outmatched and outnumbered on purpose. Y'all, I got to go. David says, Goliath runs out and he taunts him. David, David responds, today, watch what he says, the Lord will conquer you. In other words, he says, I ain't even going to make this personal between you and I. Some of you need to tell your circumstances, this ain't got nothing to do with me. This is between you and my God. Some of you need to tell people coming against you, this ain't got nothing to do with me. This is between you. And woe unto the man that would come against God. Woe unto the woman that would fight against God. This ain't got nothing to do with me. He says today, somebody shout today. The Lord will conquer you. And look what he says. I love how he speaks. He says, I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to cut your head off. That's what I'm going to do. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Denver. That there is a God in Atlanta. That there is a God in Tampa. That there is a God in Jacksonville. That there is a God in the foreman bloodline, that there's a God, put your last name in the atmosphere. In that bloodline, somebody say, and it happens today. And I'm going to get what's mine. everybody. Stand. Everybody stand. We gotta go. Everybody stand. Everybody stand in the building. No, stand right down. Everybody stand in the building at home. So David, David, and Goliath. David, Goliath's trying to punk David. David is like, I won't be punked. We're going to do this. Well, baby, do what you got to do. Because I won't be punked. The person next to you say, I won't be punked. uh. you didn't. You said it like a punk. Say it strong. Say, I won't be punked. When your circumstances are trying to, and I won't be punked. When doubt tries to creep in, I won't be punked. When fear tries to creep in, I won't be pumped. So, you know what happens Goliath, they run at one another like slow motion, running one another like slow motion. That's good. But you gotta fall. Okay, run the scene again. Run the scene again. The music was dramatic and everything. Oh, okay. That's good. I know the dramatic music means you fall. You ready? So they run after one another. They're going. They're going. And the rock hits Goliath and this mark falls face down. David takes his sword and cuts his head off. Listen. <laughs> good. Picks his head up and says, I told you I wouldn't be pumped. What does his head represent? The victories you are about to have in the next six months. We got to go home. But I need you to open up your mouth saying I'll have great fruit and I'll have great victory in these next six months. Please, can I get you to go to one more person tonight? Just tell them saying you'll have great fruit Thank you all. And great victories in these next six months. Praise God for that person. I said, praise God for that person. I said, praise God for that person. We say, go to one more person in the building. Say, and you'll have great fruit and great victory these next six months give God a praise for them. Come on Facebook come on YouTube and you're going to carry it with your hand and you'll carry it with your hand and there'll be keys in your hand and there'll be a contract in your hand and there'll be opportunity in your hand and just the voices is praising right there Go get what's yours. 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 yours. Come on, Wednesday. We got to go, but I need you to put that in the atmosphere say, I'm going to get what's mine. And I need you to put it in the atmosphere, what you about to go get. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Maybe it's emotional well-being. Maybe it's your family saved. Maybe it's your new business starting. Maybe it's your relationship with God being stronger and better than it's ever been. Say, I'm going to get what's mine. We got to go. We got to go. Lift your hands. We have to go. Lift your hands. Father, I pray you'd seal what was released tonight. That we would go and get what is ours. The first version of us is telling the new version of us, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Lord be with you. Go out of grief, go out of frustration, go out of anger, go out of that. And the Lord be with you. Today, David said, he he put a time limit on it. Stop right there. Say, God, have your way. going by myself there. Say, and it's getting ready to happen.
1: <laughs>
2: if you're in this building or you're online and you need to become a Christian, number one, number two, you've fallen away from God and you need to recommit yourself to him. Number three, it's I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure if any of those threes you need to become a Christian and reconvince yourself, Lord, to be sure in this building or online, the majority of us are. On the count of three, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. In the building, you just lift your hand up. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Nobody's going to beat you down. Nobody's going to beat you up. You're going to be loved to life. You're in a safe place. Say, I'm in a safe place. And you become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, to be sure. On three, hand wave emoji or say it's me. In the building, hands up. One, two, three. That's as you respond in this building. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Hallelujah everybody real quickly pray this to me say father thank you for dying in my place thank you for your love for me I confess with my mouth I believe in my heart that you are my lord and my savior thank you for your sacrifice for me you love me there's some things you have prepared for me that I gotta go get and I'm going to get what's mine In Jesus' name, amen. Um, If you just prayed for the prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, if you take out your phone, text the word decision to 877-552-4746 or you can scan the QR code for those of you at home, for those of you in the building. It's up there. Um, You just text the word decision to 877-552-4746. Secondly, some of you say "But you need a shepherd, you need a man of God to speak life into your life. You don't have to live in Denver. In fact, most of Harvest is in a variety of different places to God be the glory for us being hybrid somebody say hybrid um, and so if you want to connect we'd love for you to be a part of the family text join harvest to or scan the QR code on the screen did y'all get some out of this to word tonight I keep closing my eyes because there's a strong prophetic flow and it's kind of like Cyclops, if I look, he'll talk, so I keep my eyes closed, because if I open my eyes and look at you, he's going to tell me to prophesy to you. Like to the person that's in the middle section, middle section, lift your hands. Um, I, he won't show me who it is, um, part of that is because I haven't opened my eyes. <laughs> no, seriously, that's how it works um, for me. Um, listen, for one of you in the middle section, um, by Sunday, your whole life will have changed and not a negative change and not bad news but the best news that you never expected and your name's about to be brought can y'all praise God for the people in that if I was you I'd act like I was in the middle school. I gotta go you to get a seed in your hand. If you came in late, you weren't able to give. I want you to get your giving ready. If you uh, want to sow the seal, I want you to get that ready. I want you to get that ready. Some you'll sow 50, some you'll sow 100. Two seeds tonight. 50 and 100. 50 and 100. This is above your tithes and offerings. 1st from the two seeds. What does a seed do? It seals. 50 is the number of jubilee, celebration, victory. 100 then means I'll have multiple celebrations. victory. I'm sowing the 100 and I want to push as many of you are leaders, as many of you are at the head of anything. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. Hold on, let me do my text to give to get my seat in the ground. How can you do it? You can use the cash app, dollar sign, Bishop Formal with the number two. You can use PayPal, Vidmo, Zelle, Giblify, all of that is available for you also. The key email is hello at Harvard, the Church. If you want to use text to give, you'll just text the amount to the phone number that's on the screen: eight four four six six nine five three six nine. Um, I just got a uh, text. This is why you can't text your phone during church. Um, there's a uh, a pastor who he's not been here to minister before, but he sent me a he sent me a message saying that his mother's in the hospital, and um, before. His mother was at the at the River Jordan. What is that? That's that's a church language. So she was about to cross over, yeah. and uh, the Lord had me to prophesy to him and to her, and to snatch her back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And he literally he's he li- this is literally what he did. I said I said this is gonna sound crazy. I said, but I I need you to sow for her. Yeah. He sowed, and within 24 hours he called me back and said. I don't know what kind of connection you got with God. He said, I don't know what kind of thing you got going on with God. He said, but that thing happened for her. So, Father, we cover this prayer request I just got. I cover every prayer request right now. Father, that you would bring answers. You bring strategy. We rebuke premature death. Oh, God, we rebuke premature death and we speak life and long life and healing. Come on, somebody say, heal, Lord. Heal. Lift your giving to the Lord in the building and online. Say, Bishop, I don't have 50. Bishop, I don't have 100. Sow what you can, but everybody sow something. What am i calling this seed, this is your David seed. <laughs> David. Say, this is my David seed. Say this with me. Say, Father, I sow in your kingdom, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, because you love a cheerful giver. As I sow, I know that a harvest has been prepared for me. Goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Whenever I look, I see increase, overflow, breakthrough, great things happening for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor, the passing in the auditorium. If you're online, you need to hop off the stream and give. You can
1: do that or scan the QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless well, bless is you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel.